Hello, hello, and welcome to Quest Me, the Star Wars podcast that takes you on a quest through legends and new canon. My name is Josh, and I'm forever host and forced wielding and zillin. I'm going to keep rolling with that. I don't even care. Uh, I liked that from the last episode. Anyway, um, we are talking tonight about Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 2, The Minds of Mandalore, um, as we always do, talking about Star Wars. Duh. Um, before we go too much further, I gotta make some introductions. Unfortunately, Justin is not gonna be with us for a minute. He might be back a little later, um, but as you all know, he is our resident hero, and he actually is out working right now, doing hero, like, real hero things. So, uh, unfortunately, he's not with us at the beginning, but he might be with us a little bit later. So, of course, we have some other people with us. One of them... His name is Phil. He's our brand new co-host. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing all right, man. How about yourself? I am. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You know, it's been a good week. It's been a good day. It was a great episode of Mandalorian. I have been like thinking about this episode, this podcast, all week long since since I watched this episode at five in the morning on Wednesday <laughs> before work. <laughs> yup. Yeah. Um, but thank you for coming and hanging out. Happy one of the to main be here. reasons one of the main reasons I wanted you to be here as a permanent co-host were for emergencies like this when Justin is unable to make the show. Like um, literal actual emergencies. Yes, yes, yes. Out in big flashing trucks doing big flashing life life saving things and it's wonderful and I I respect the shit out of him for it. Yep. So um we have a really, really special guest tonight. Um, he's returning to the show. He's uh, he's an, he's an OG quester. I've been talking about it all week on Twitter. I am extremely humbled and flattered that he took his time, took some time out of his extremely busy schedule to come back to where it all began. Um, of course, I am talking about Mr. Captain Bootscoot himself, my very good friend uh, Jesse. Oh, hi, Josh. Thank you for the lovely introduction. I'm actually not that busy, <laughs> but I appreciate it. To your point, though, this is the only time in probably the last, I don't know, year straight that I haven't been just incredibly busy all the time. So thank you for allowing me, A, the space to kind of stretch my legs back out and get back into podcasting mode, <laughs> and B, the space to return to Quest Me. It's been a while. We we started quest me together originally yeah. with season two of the mandalorian yes it was or, it was two yes yeah it was we, we still gotta <clears throat> man that was a while ago yeah that was a long time between seasons for this year show. and a half i think something like that there about was, was that all it was that was like two years ago that we did uh, <laughs> anyway thank you for having me back and i appreciate the chance to come here and talk star trek oh i mean star wars with you that may happen more than once tonight listeners and that's, viewers that's I okay apologize. um you are from a star trek podcast um like, like you said originally it was quest me then we went to sun but inevitable and now your main home and pride and joy and like it's a wonderful show it's called open pike night um and just tell us a little bit about that show because it's it's popping off man well, thank you. Um, <clears throat> as Josh mentioned, Open Pike Night is the Star Trek Strange New Worlds podcast where your personal logs are the prime directive. We like to put fans directly in contact 
with the people who make Star Trek Strange New Worlds, people like Melissa Navia, the current pilot of the Enterprise, Lieutenant Erico Ortegas, or, you know, Henry Alonzo Myers, the showrunner, Davy Perez, uh, lots of the writing team, Akela Cooper, who wrote an episode. You may have also recently seen her work in the movie Megan. My wife and I went and saw that. That was a, a ton of movie. fun. Um, it was one of those movies where I was like, I am going to feel safe this whole time, <laughs> and I'm happy with that. Like, I'm not super worried that I'm going to come away from this traumatized, uh, but I'm here to have some some fun, and and I absolutely did. So, um, But yeah, we, we started, as Josh mentioned, about a year ago as a just kind of an after show, like, you know, call in and talk about how you felt about the latest Strange New Worlds episode, and uh, I spend... I'm I'm the the social media person for that show, so I spend a lot of my time on social media and was sort of cultivating some you know fan worship style relationships with some of the people from the show, and then we got very lucky with an interview uh, with Melissa Navia af- after the first season, and we've just kind of kept interviewing people since then. She sort of opened a door for us that we refused to leave. Like people are probably at this point going, okay stop answering their requests and we're like okay but our foot's still in the door so like you have to talk to us right so um to that end we did go recently to our first ever live panel we had a live panel at uh, fan expo portland and we spent the first two days um you know just handing out stickers on the con floor uh stickers like this which you can buy at openpike.com <laughs> and telling people hey please come to our panel because it was on the third day at the end of the convention after all the Star Trek actors had gone home. So we were very worried, like, oh, we're going to do this to an empty room and we're going to be fine with it. Welcome right? to like, musician it's our life, first dude. show. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, we were fine. Um, but actually, that didn't happen. We had like 25, 30 people in there and we were blown away by the response. We had we recognized people that we had handed stickers to two days prior, came in and showed up. And we spent, you know, the rest of our con time meeting Anson Mount, Ethan Peck, uh, all the TNG actors that were there, that kind of thing. So it's just been a huge, incredible thing that none of us imagined it would be. And of course, I wouldn't be a part of it if I hadn't started here with you, Josh, on Quest Me, all those, well, I guess last year <laughs> years ago. or a year and a half ago, right? But I mean... Our podcasting history together goes back further than that, but as far as what's easily available for people to listen to, Sudden But Inevitable was two years ago. You and I did Quest Me. I want to say we did Quest Me before that. I'm nearly certain no, that we, we did. No, we did Quest Me and then we did but Sudden But Inevitable because it was kind of like we, that's got, what the, I'm we saying. got the itch and Ricky D was on Quest that's, Me. And that's like, what I'm yeah. saying. Oh, okay, okay. So Quest Me, was, so Sudden But Inevitable was two After. years yeah. ago. Oh, wow, maybe. So it would have been... Because it right. would have been, it, I mean, is, this has been a, a while year, since this is a year and a half after Book of Boba Fett. So, yeah, right. I, okay. Yeah. Holy cow. So it's been like three years Almost, since yeah. Mando, right? Almost Dang. three years since Mando, two and a half Dang. years. Because, yeah, like, we've had Boba Fett and, I mean, and Obi-Wan in between that. Do you know how much Star Trek has come out <laughs> in that time? Like, not to be that guy. It. I just mean, like, <laughs> I specifically am I'm kind of surprised, right? Because there was a fire hose of Star Wars, and then we sort of, I feel like we sort of caught up. But, but at you least know, you caught up with um, good content because I was just watching Picard before yes. this before we went live, and uh, that that new it's season my, is great. My, oh, how cool! It's my badge. I'm showing oh, Josh for those so of you who awesome. can't see. I'm showing my programming badge for <laughs> Fan Expo. It's become a uh, prized possession. I have it in yeah, a little absolutely. frame, and I'll always have it in this Come little on. frame. Like You'd be buried with that. If thing. we never, if we <laughs> never like achieve another thing as a podcast, right? I'll always have this thing in the frame. It's yeah. just 
it's one of the coolest th- things. But yes, thank you, and and I'm glad to be back talking Mando because that's how you and I first realized. Oh, if we're the right kind of contentious with each other, <laughs> people will listen. <laughs> it's very true. And again, we are so stoked to have you back on. Um, I I want to thank the people that are watching right now too. Hello to you guys. Um, I don't know who you are, but I see you in there. So hello. Um, we are live on Sundays. We changed that. We used to go live on Tuesdays, and now we are live on Sundays at about 7.30 Mountain Standard Time, um, kind of depending on the week. Sometimes it'll be 8, sometimes it'll be 8.30. It just kind of depends on what's going on. Um, but you can find us at youtube.com slash at questme. That's at sign questme. I don't understand why YouTube wouldn't let me just make the thing. But I had to put it. It was a there. it was a uniformity thing. They wanted everybody to have an uh, the same Stupid. URL. Um, Stupid. Can I clarify something? Justin is a stripper. <laughs> you said. Yes. 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 He's uh, he was riding down the pole earlier and out doing his job now. You said something about a flashing van, big, and I was like, oh, okay, I don't want to go. Yes. Yes, I don't want to go any further into that, but. No. Hopefully you know. he comes back. However you make your money, Justin, <laughs> I respect and miss you. Hopefully he gets back by the end, at least by segments, because it would be nice to have him talk about the epic segments that he had picked out. Um, just one more thing. Make sure to like and subscribe to us on YouTube, and then ring that bell so you can know about the times when we are live, like right now. Uh, I, I got one one more question for you, though, Jesse, before we really dive into this week. Uh, yes, sir. We got more open pike night coming up right oh a hundred percent there's always more open pike night coming up so if you want to get into open pike night the easiest way that you can do that is just stay in whatever podcasting app you're in right now and look up open pike night it'll pop right up hit subscribe if you're on youtube uh just replace the at quest me part of that with at open pike we're open pike everywhere um and let's see i don't know if i can I don't. I can't really tell you what the next episode is yet because two reasons. One reason, um, we have a very big secret episode in the works that you should definitely be excited for. The other reason is I don't know what's next because, <laughs> as I mentioned, we just got back from having like a very well-planned out month and we uh, ran out of shows <laughs> at the end of that. So we're going to put one together, as we always do with the help of our audience. That's sort of the deal. We're a call-in show. So if you're interested, just go to openpike.com. If you'd like to contribute, go to openpike.com slash join us. You can record your voicemail right there, send it in, and we'll put it on the show. And we are also on all of the different social medias. We are on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. Just search for QuestMe. Uh, we will also have links in the show notes afterward. Absolutely. Um, last week, we had had a fun little joke about maybe possibly doing a new segment. And this week, I made that happen. So let's start with that. Bill, take us to a bar far away and tell us what we are drinking tonight. So this uh, is a cocktail uh, courtesy. It's not a Star Wars themed cocktail, but it is from a recipe from a Star Wars author. Ooh, yeah. Uh, so Kevin Hearn uh, is the author of Heir to the Jedi. Uh, he also writes the uh, Iron Druid Chronicles and various spin-off series. 
but he is a fantastic guy at a brilliant mind when it comes to coming up with cocktails so he created something he calls a blueberry sagacity so this is uh gin a blueberries and a sage simple syrup and then topped off with ginger beer so that sounds fantastic it is delicious tastes like a tree that gets you (laughs) smashed if i'm not mistaken A little bit, a little bit. It's uh, fancy camping, Uh, camping with druids. There you go. There you go. (laughs) That's great. That's Uh, earthy tones. No, it's delicious. It's lightly sweet, uh, but it's a lot of different herbal notes depending on the kind of gin you use. Mm. So, See, and my girlfriend's a bartender, so I'm going to be taking all these recipes from you (laughs) and, like, making her make them. Because my drink tonight... It is not Star Wars themed. It is in a Star Wars themed cup, but it is just vodka and Red Bull. So, <laughs> I like it. But uh, I, I, I think we're gonna keep doing that segment because that was fun. Yeah. I like talking about what we're drinking. And man, you um, I have are an a, incredible bartender. I have a um, medium roast, uh, French <laughs> roast uh, here with uh, Lucerne Ooh. coffee creamer, uh, Dairy Farms. Yes. Um, it's uh, it's pretty medium, I would say. If you if you like these stickers, though, you can go to openpike.com and get your own. It's gonna be like Just that all freaking night. Oh, no, I figured I should probably do it a few times up front and then wait again until the end. He's just gonna front load all of the all the. We don't want it to be obnoxious, yeah. right? Yeah, that, that's yeah. okay. Uh, and all the links for Open Pike will be in the show notes as well. So if you want to go get those stickers, go down to those show notes in the podcast and click on that link. Yep. Uh, hello, Claire. Thanks for joining us. Um, Claire asks, how many have you had, Phil? How many have you have, <laughs> Phil? How many have you have, Claire? Yeah, I think we need to ask Claire that. <laughs> you know what? This is my first one of these tonight. Uh, See? I do have a backup uh, so that I don't have to, you know, get up in the middle of the show. Just in case I drink else. this whole thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, but I will... Like, Hang on, I'll be right back. I will... Uh, <laughs> Make sure that uh, Josh has the uh, recipe available for this one, too. Uh, yeah, like I said, courtesy yeah. of Kevin Hearn. Uh, you can find him on Twitter. He's at Kevin Hearn. He's not super active on there right now. He's mostly on Mastodon, but hey. Mastodon the band? Oh, what a sick band. Dude. Crack the Sky was a great album. Saw them play it live. Excellent. Wait, Excellent. maybe that was a song. Yeah. yeah. No, it yeah. was an album and a song. Yeah, I saw him play the whole thing live once. You know, I saw them with Coheed and Cambria once. Like, what a weird combo. I, I can that beat you. A, that must have been a long show. It was a long show. <laughs> uh, I saw them live with Death Clock. What? <laughs> you, that must have been yes. on a college campus. Uh, no, actually, that one was at, oh, God. Um, was that at the Fillmore? Might have been, it was, oh, it was nice. in Denver. It was a... Nice. Thanks for letting us know what, what, know what you're drinking tonight, Phil and Jesse. You're welcome. Um, again, I'm just a plain Jane over here. Uh, we are, we do have some corrections from last week, which I feel like we don't normally do in Quest Me, but I've always wanted to. And so last week I made a point to uh, go through and, and have some corrections. And boy, did we have a few. Um, first things first, Wesley Kimmel was also the child Tuscan in the Book of Boba Fett. Um, he wasn't, that wasn't his first acting role. He was also that character. Cough, um, Nepo baby, cough. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Next correction, Ahsoka was only in season two, not season one of Mandalorian. I don't know why we thought that, but we said it. <laughs> maybe um, we were drunk. Yeah, maybe. Uh, this one's a little bit different, and I might have to look it up really quick. But I just want to say, Hitmon Chan and Hitmon Lee were absolutely not influenced by Jackie Chan and Bruce Lee. They were actually influenced by very popular Japanese boxers and uh, and martial okay, artists that I don't really want to get into. <laughs> I just I gotta say that's a correction, man. That's a correction. We were okay, wrong. Okay, but in but in the United <laughs> States localization, that's probably why they chose those. They names, picked those right? names. Yeah. Yeah. So I Either mean, way. you know. All the hundreds of you that have been emailing Josh all week about that, just relax. Okay? You can stop blowing up his DMs. We got and it. death threats, please. Like. And like in the nicest way, get a life. Like it's, <laughs> it's come on, it's just Pokemon. But I yeah. totally get it. Pokemon yeah. recap podcast coming soon. Oh yeah, <laughs> starting with episode one of the anime. <laughs> oh my god, dude. Um, two more. Just got two more. The Anzillans that were in the episode last week, uh, one of them is not actually Babu Frick. He's not in that episode. They are just considered Anzillans. Mm. Uh, they are voiced by uh, the same actress, though. But not Babu Frick. Yeah. And then this one is for you, Jesse, because uh, <laughs> Justin at one point had said Mando was firing his uh, proton, proton torpedo. torpedo Yep. And then corrected it to photon torpedo. Yep. You want to educate I us a little bit on the difference between proton <laughs> and photon? Well, I mean, a proton is any positively charged particle, if I'm not mistaken, whereas a photon specifically is a particle that carries light uh, and sometimes acts like a wave, maybe? Uh, go listen to the Open Pike Night episode with Dr. Aaron McDonald, science advisor and actual astrophysicist from the state of Colorado. <laughs> to the entire franchise of Star Trek. Just throwing it out there. I really hope I got that right. Phil, I, you made some faces that made me feel like I got that right. <laughs> I'm just, I'm happy to have science advisors out of Colorado <laughs> doing stuff anywhere. <laughs> 100%. So I, and to Justin's point, uh, I, I think those are easy words to mix up. To mix uh, up, but yeah. Photons are, you know, primarily uh, torpedo-based in the Star Trek universe rather than the Star Wars uh, galaxy. I think you guys use the word galaxy, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yes, that is what we use over here. <laughs> Ours is mostly the one galaxy, too. We just <laughs> pretend that it's not. So. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> that's it for corrections, though. Thank you, Jesse, for participating and educating us on torpedoes. Um, I think it's time to get this show on the road and actually start talking about the episode that we are here to talk about, which is oh. Chapter 18, The Minds of Mandalore. Um, of course, I'm going to do my own little synopsis that I normally do. Uh, too bad Justin's not here to hear it, but um, Jesse will absolutely see the comedy in this one. We start off on Tatooine again <laughs> to meet up with good old Pelimoto. She's unsurprisingly hustling people, but we're lucky because she's a softie. Mando gets the supplies he needs and heads off to the fabled planet of Mandalore, where things suddenly but inevitably get a little dicey. Nice. So this episode was directed by Rachel Morrison, who is mostly a cinematographer. This might be one of her first directorial debuts. It might be her directorial debut. I'm not positive. I didn't 
look that far into it. But all I could find was her cinematography, which was on Black Panther, Mudbound, and the show Dope. Um, this episode was also written by John Favreau. It stars Pedro Pascal, Katie Sackhoff, and guest stars Amy Sedaris, Brendan Wayne, and Latif Crowder. Now, Pedro Pascal, thank God tonight is the Last of Us season finale because <laughs> people can start watching this again instead of watching Last of Us, um, even though that show is wonderful and Pedro Pascal is just the daddest of all dads in everything. Um, I, I would love to, to, to see more people watching us. Um <laughs> So I do want to start off this episode just by talking about the Ubuntu Eve classic. What? We oh get to man. see the classic again. Jesse, yeah. were you excited to see some Ubuntu Eve action? You know, actually, I my mind immediately went to the economic structure of all this. So, <laughs> uh, Josh, I don't know about you. Do you have to work on Ubuntu Eve or Ubuntu specifically? Because I, like my favorite Mythosaur place isn't even open on Sunday, <laughs> but but I I also don't have to work Bunta Eve. So do you work Bunta Eve or Bunta itself? Uh, Is it Bunta Day? What would you say? <laughs> Is it I Happy think... Bunta or Merry Bunta? I can never well, remember. Well, and like, do you celebrate Bunta or only Bunta Eve? Like, <laughs> I I would assume you celebrate Bunta, but I work in retail, so I work. Oh on yes, you're working on Bunta Eve. Yeah, yeah, you, <laughs> yeah. you're working on Bunta morning. At, <laughs> yeah. Like, 6 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. That's rough, man. So, you know. I I got to say I was I saw the I saw the speedy little things and I heard the engine noises and I I'll be 100% honest with you Josh, the 9-year-old in me was like <gasps> pod racing. Like I feel like pod racing is a concept that should be heavily leaned into by podcasters in some way. <laughs> like how do you have a pod race? Is that like a race? I don't know. We'll figure that out. But I I, I fully admit, even as a non-Star Wars like fanboy, I was like, oh, I feel like kind of a Star Wars fanboy hearing those those pod engines. <laughs> um, and Peli just continues to be a ton of fun. Like yeah. she's, is this? I what what is the what is the actor's name? Uh, Amy, Amy Sedaris. Sedaris. Okay, and I, I love I her, her and I love this. her brother. Like her and her brother are two of my favorite. Uh, performers actors creators writers of any kind who's her brother and david uh, david sedaris he's, he's, a, a, he's an author comedy uh, he's a oh, uh, like very okay. snarky writer okay. uh he's he's also really fun gotcha yeah. yeah um yeah i also thought that same thing when i heard the engines and i was like oh my god are those pod pods what's what's going on here uh, but nah, then you kind of see them like races yeah they're just little yeah. speeders uh, that's and it's funny because a, Something happened to pod racing. Do you guys know what actually happened to pod racing, or do you want me to go into it? I mean, I feel like no matter Educate what we say, you will, you will tell us what happened to pod racing. So, in the new canon, pod racing was outlawed by the New Republic due to its dangerous nature. Mm-hmm. But they still did pod racing on, like, random planets on the Outer Rim. So, I don't know if we'd see much pod racing unless, I mean, if they ever do that Lando show... He seems like someone that would be into underground things, and maybe we'd see some pod racing, but Do you think there's any chance that the next season of Star Wars Visions will have, like, Star Wars, The Force, and The Furious, and it'll be illegal <laughs> pod racing? And I, I honestly hope so. I would be 100% here for that. If you never anything... had me, you never had your pod. I, seriously, if there's one thing Star Wars has always done better than Star Trek, it's the like seedy criminal underworld stuff, right? Like, 
that's just a fact, and I'm I'm willing to admit that up front. So no. that having been said, like somebody lean into that if you're out there. <laughs> I'm sure Disney is out there watching now that they've got new management. So take that note down, and you can totally have it. I won't sue anybody. You can you can please. use this in court, please. Yeah, uh, you uh, you want something fun? I just found. Yes, please. Uh, yes. Bunta. Uh, the actual like holiday of Bunta Eve is mm-hmm. to celebrate a hut named Bunta Hestelik Shadru, who became a god. Oh. Yeah. That's all you got to do, that's huh? It. Just ascend so, to godhood. That's so it. there yeah. are gods in Star Wars? I didn't realize there were gods in Star yeah. Wars. But again, is it is it Bunta Day the next day, <laughs> or is it just Bunta? Just or... Bunta Eve. Okay, but the day after, right? Because Bunta Eve, it, it was would... it was apparently an evening thing, and so the night time is what they celebrate. They don't sell it's. <laughs> oh. There's no Bunta Day. It's, it's not just a, okay. Bunta Eve. I'd like to say hello to Ricky D. Yeah, we gotta the, we gotta do some little chat. shout outs here. Oh, shit. Uh, Ricky Hi, Ricky. Says, he, he made says it. He made We're it. talking about how Bunta works, Ricky. Yeah. Um, but he said he just finished Last of Us. Pedro bringing some big Mando energy to the finale. I love to hear that. Roy says, I'm assuming this was a torpedo uh, conversation. Uh, Torspedo? <laughs> yeah, Torspedo. Oh, I steal hope that, that would be uncomfortable. Merchandise. <laughs> <laughs> and he also says, missed your faces. Love you all. Keep killing it. Thank you, Roy. I miss your face as well. Speederbike motocross. I uh, love it. They had a whole franchise about that on the PlayStation. Yes. Uh, Ricky, <laughs> if you also, if you rewind like, I don't know, what, two minutes, you guys, I made a hilarious joke about pod racing, and I think you yeah. should go back and get it. I'm not going to say it again because it will lessen the impact of the punchline, oh so God. I think you should go back. Um, and then fast forward to here so that you can be cut up. Sorry, Josh, go ahead. And, you know, Pelly's Ricky's middle a... name is secretly Jet. Oh, my God. Pelly Jet Moto. Jet Moto. <laughs> Ricky and Roy are both dear friends of the podcasting realm of ours. Um, and speaking of old friends, we get to see R five D four get a little bit of redemption in this episode. Um, so, just a couple things before I guess we get too far into R five D four because they're in Pelimoto shop and she sells him on R five. Uh, meanwhile, the whole time she's holding Grogu because he jumps out of the N one into her arms um, like a little Yoda would, like like a little force using. Jedi thing, and I think that's kind of the first time in Mandalorian that we see him doing those fun jumps. But then he also he talks a little bit more in this episode, and it kind of starts with Pelimoto. Um, do you think he said his first word right there, or are we gonna have to take bets on what his first word is gonna be? As a parent, it is always kind of hard to say when exactly that <laughs> first word comes around. Okay. Um, there's there's occasionally multiple candidates for when it's you know a mm-hmm. uh, leg a um, you know intelligible deliberate actual word versus when it's just babbling that happens to sound like something. Okay. Yes. You as a podcaster know all about this, Josh. I do. You're right. You're absolutely. I babble all the time. Uh, but you'll eventually get to a spot where you're like, that was a word. Uh, that was 100% a word <laughs> exactly. right there at the end of that. Sometimes a sequence of them. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ricky says probably mm. something stupid about racing podcasts. Mm. And Close. It was, actually, it was actually even funnier than that, but it's okay. <laughs> Claire missed it too. You can both rewind. You've got time. Uh, by the time you get back, we'll still be talking about this, I would bet. Yeah. So... Uh, 
back on to R5D4. Um, did okay. Mando complete his quest here? Of, of wait, wait, last wait, 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 wait. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I thought why? I th- why, why, why is R5D4 okay uh, as a replacement? <laughs> and what? No, 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 just listen. Because they had a whole episode where he's like, it has to be IG-11. Is it because he, like, is there something specific about that droid other than he trusts it? Because, like, it it feels like a very, like, oh, never mind, I didn't need that anyway then. Like, so Mando, Mando is famously anti-droid in the, uh, in the first season. I mean, he is, he's, very uh, opposed to working with droids and his experience with IG-11 kind of changes that. Or it doesn't because he's like, I still don't trust droids. I only trust IG-11. So he trusts, how much progress is there He trusts really? <laughs> IG-11 because he knows that IG-11 will take care of Grogu if shit goes down. Right. But do you see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. No, I... I, I... <laughs> I don't see how it's exactly an even trade, you know, but if well, all it's... he wants is for, you know, the droid for atmospheric, you know, analysis, then... Which, like, I'm sorry, is that because you just didn't feel like pressurizing your helmet, which you can just do, I guess? Like, <laughs> I, I like, this I... is a, these are genuine questions that I have about the structure, because I feel like they, I feel like they come out of a video game, which is okay, for a video game. It's so funny right? because I, I the, the last part of my notes, let me just read this last part of my notes. It says, <laughs> the last half of this episode is straight video game status. Um, so ah. <laughs> I think I think he's still going to try and fix IG-11 because of what Phil said, that he trusts IG-11 to take care of Grogu. Um, but I think that he took R5 right now because he just needed a droid to go out and check the surface like he didn't know if mando mandal mandalore mandalore <laughs> was going to like you know what What if it's like raining and it's acid rain and he steps out and like everything just he just dies you know like even if he pressurizes his helmet like f- he's from for all he knows with the rumors and stuff like that whole planet is cursed and like you die if you set foot there basically and so i think he just needed the droid at the moment to go take care of what he needed to take care of and then move on from there. So and the question it sets here up, is... It sets up... R5's presence sets up everything in the second half of the episode. Yes. Yes. They Having, having an astromech enables the entire second half of the episode. Yeah, because you can't... I mean, IG-11, was he just oh. going to cram himself in that little, like... Area, Where, no, Phil, area, Phil like... is saying that Grogu did not learn the the map and the, all of the stuff quickly enough. No, he had I, to have the droid. No, I mean he he knew where he needed to go, but he didn't know actually how to fully operate the ship right, on his he, own. Right. Yes, he and can't I, just like get in a ship and jump it. Like yeah. he doesn't know how to fly a a ship. Yeah, yeah. I think yes, an astromech that's... droid, being an astromech droid, the one that their their specialty is to control ships. Right. I think it was. Pr- it probably made more sense at this point. I s- do still think he is going to. Claire um, in the chat. Grogu has the pot. Do he that. doesn't need a helmet. Sorry. Go ahead, Josh. <laughs> oh. Oh. See. Okay. I still okay, think yeah, he'll get one before the end yeah. of the thing. I think he will too. A helmet? But, oh, absolutely, dude. Well, well but, especially, and we'll, dude. We're gonna talk about that later for sure because <laughs> we we touched on it 
last episode a we, little bit, and I want to just dive into it and <laughs> just hard turn into our little theory from last week. Um, but <laughs> but there's a lot a lot more to get to before that, and oh, that, most of that's going to be in our segments. I think we'll we'll talk about a lot of that there. Um, so my final question, like, do you guys think? I think he's still going to go find a memory circuit for IG Eleven. Do you guys think he's still going to go find a memory circuit, or has he completed his quest right now for that? I don't. I don't think he's going to abandon IG Eleven to life as a statue. I. I think he'll still follow through, uh, and eventually track down the memory circuit at some point. But I think that's going to be secondary to other things now that we've you know actually made it to the surface of mandalore i yes. think he will bring something back to peli and be like here fix my ship and she'll be like oh you got the ig memory unit and he'll be like what <laughs> <laughs> i legitimately think it'll be a thing that he just, just accidentally he know <laughs> when he was like getting parts or like you know somewhere he will have picked it up i think he won't even know or like grogu will pick it up because it's shiny and then they'll, you know, she'll be like, oh, hey, look, you got the thing. And, she, and he'll be like, because Grogu would know, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think it'll, it'll be something like that. I think he'll end up with that part without having it's, known about it. It's going to be it's going to be the new little uh, control handle. The control uh, knob. Yeah. knob. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and the reason the reason I think that is because this episode is like the most economical 44 minutes of Mando I have ever seen. It, like, it is a very so tight script. It's yeah, a like, very tight script. Yeah, I mean, the I got upset with the number of camera wipes because I am like that. Nice but like, solve. There was, there was. I get it. It's a Star Wars thing, right? Like you got. There have were a lot though. Wipes, yeah. but maybe too I'm, many. Okay, so when Grogu was like trying to save Mando, which Mecha Shilob totally worked on me. By the way, I love that. Um, but that whole time, it was like, it was like. Grogu does a thing. Mando says a thing. Grogu goes to a place. Somebody says something. Grogu goes to another place. <laughs> Grogu says something. People go to another place. I mean, like it was like, dude, a lot just happened in the span of like three minutes. We went to four planets, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm fine with. Totally fine with it. Like that, I am totally fine with. Mm -hmm. um, some we, of the other things that feel a little more video linger, gamey, I'll get into. But we didn't I, linger I like on Tatooine. Him. I liked that. Oh, right. Thank I, God. I, I we didn't linger anywhere yeah. in this episode, which I do like. Um, I also like the. Uh, I watched the first episode, and there was like a shot of some squid in the hyperspace. Oh, the who was in? And I was he's, like, okay, he's that's found the pergil. Properly creepy. <laughs> Jesse's the found the pergil. Yep. Pergil. That's from Rebels, man. So, that's that's a huge callback to Rebels, Thrawn, and Ezra. Like, it's, it's funny huge. because if you've been watching season three of Star Trek Picard, uh, they recently just were in a nebula that gave birth to a bunch of little squid-like creatures. Oh, and it spoiler! Was like, Damn it! Uh, a spoiler. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm not super. I figured if you said you were watching it, that's, well, that's I hadn't, totally on me. I haven't, no, no. I haven't watched the newest episode. But. That's totally on me. Um, but you know they're in a nebula. Spoiler alert, yeah, oh, there yeah, will yeah. be squid creatures. Yeah. Um, so just cool to see, you know, sci-fi space squid creatures on, on both shows in roughly the same week, I think is fun. Um, that is kind of funny, actually. But the, <laughs> I, I do like any instance where we just have Mando on a quest. Yes. Like, I, I really like Mando being on a quest. He's very single-minded. He's, you know, 
he's just looking oh thank you claire for the additional star trek crossover um there's this is when mando is at his best is when he's going on a quest or putting together a party to go on a quest right like that's when i like mando a lot um i will say is star star wars a little bit uh predictable maybe with its creature moments yeah but I'm, this one, I think I'm I'm probably okay with that. This one like, was a little different. I feel like uh, I I'm going to disagree there, but but, <laughs> I, but we can disagree later in the segments. I liked the the, the little eyeball creature, and it switched <laughs> it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, like he mm-hmm. was he was one giant mecha ball eyeball thing, and then he was a little General Grievous, you know, clone <laughs> thing. Um, right. I, I, I like think that was different as far as like monsters oh, go. Yeah. I like that we or got or new stuff. Yes. I mean, we're we're on a planet we haven't really seen since Clone Wars. Yep. And like, um, well, I, uh, we saw it in Rebels. A little in Rebels, too. But that's, it was getting destroyed fair, in Rebels. But... They were already yeah. taking over that planet the Empire was and, like, killing all the Mandalorians and stuff. Like, So we got to see the, the very beginning of Mandalore get destroyed. And now, mm. we, now we're seeing, yeah, like, we see the, the aftermath. aftermath. Yeah. And it's it's really cool, man. I love the way that this whole like every shot that they had with the ships coming in or like them walking on the surface or anything like that was just epic. It was it was phenomenal though and it just looked so pretty, you know? The the All cinematography the and the it was great. The cinematography on especially when they were on Mandalore was spectacular. Yes, and I, we'll get to the that. temples underneath and everything were really cool. I mean, it was, it was a sight to behold. I feel like this episode. Um, and well, they're and doing they... a really good job of like, I was arguing with a, another Star Wars fan today, Josh. Oh, big um, surprise! About how <laughs> Star Wars tends to overexplain itself and oh, then yeah. <laughs> stumble in those instances. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> any any property can stumble in the overexplaining, right? Um. So I really like that we Mando is expanding. <laughs> I really like that Mando is expanding this lore, you know, that's, you know, air quote for this character, but it's actually just for the universe, right? Like, this is just the universe of Star Wars. Here's some lore for it. And yeah. this character is your inroad to that, which I think is really fun. So even as a casual fan, I'm appreciating the lore level that I'm getting in an episode of Star Wars that I that doesn't contradict anything that I know as a casual right. fan, right? Where I'm well, not it's also like, giving the casual oh, fan that. If, right. if you would like to know more, would you like to know more? You could go back to Clone Wars and watch those specific Mandalorian episodes and see right. what actually happened with Bo's father and those things. Like, like it was actually. I thought it was super cool being a being a fan of Clone Wars and Rebels, like and heard talking about the past. I was like, oh, this is kind of like heartbreaking, you know. There like, was kind of a fun nod to that with uh Din picking up the Mando the helmet. helmet. Yeah. When Sabine does that in Rebels, when they all get disintegrated because she creates a weapon that just <laughs> fries Mandalorians under their armor. Yeah, I know. Very nice the, little uh, odds. I caught that. <laughs> Were the Morlocks there in that series? Because the Morlocks no. that Mando fights are I pretty they, fun. I feel like they talked about them being on like the outskirts of the city. Right, but did you, have you ever seen these guys this before? Because they're is straight the first up Morlocks. Time. So, 
that thank you for that though the time god time machine references wow yes oh my god that's so true the only thing they were missing was the zipper on their back (laughs) i mean and we don't know that they were missing that like i i like that the the suits were properly kind of kind of foamy right you could (laughs) see yeah you could see that that was a guy in a suit and i like that so funny i like that a lot well you gotta bring up zippers on the back when jesse's on the show Well, because like (laughs) you brought up Time Machine, and that's like the one of the main things I remember of Time Machine. Watching it as a kid, I was like, "Oh, there are zippers on that costume." Warlocks and Eloy, man. (laughs) Yeah. Great, great, great callback, though. For sure, Um, they were fun, though. The the Alamites. That was a. They were, they were badass. It was they a came great out of ambush. It was a well, they great like live ambush. In the, they just live in those like tunnels, like what, what would you call them, uh, groundhogs, and then well, just like pop out. Like a little prairie mean, dog town. Yeah. And what I mean when I say <laughs> that like Star Wars is a little predictable with its creature moments, right, was I was like, as soon as he walks into this very cool cave that looks like it's made of time crystals, I was like, there is always a bigger fish, right? Because the first thing you see is like this little... <laughs> angry like alligator thing i was yeah. like okay so there'll be something bigger than that and then the morlocks were there and i was like okay so there'll be something bigger than that <laughs> i don't know how many tears this has right but spoiler alert it's like five in this episode <laughs> maybe six or seven if you give like the uh the like spine with an eye that drives a large spider robot if you give oh. him like two or three of his own then you could call it like multiple tiers there. <laughs> but like it all works to the last, basically the last shot, right? Like, yep. which is just, I mean, we'll get there, I'm, I'm sure. Um, but this episode is there's always a bigger fish in a cave rather than under the water and with some mandos. I did really like seeing Bo Katan uh, do a equivalent to a force pole with a dark saber with a Her. grappler instead of a force pole yeah and then just whip it around like no problem whereas mando is like having problems with it she's like this is what i do man like I'm, she's fought with it I'm before for. right so it was cool to see her fight with it again yeah um i i was gonna bring it up that whole dark saber thing but phil kind of shut me down because i i kind of thought like maybe since the iRobot, whatever his name, whatever that thing I is. I did Bionicle. Bionicle, cool. <laughs> so I figured since Bionicle disarmed Mando and then Bo-Katan killed Bionicle, that she would now be the true owner of the Darksaber. We had a whole conversation about this, like, last week. It's like, And no, Phil was like, if you no, put this on the show, no. nobody will listen to the show. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I just, mean, I just, you it, know, I, I it thought has about to it. And be defeating in combat, and Din wasn't defeated in combat. He was ambushed and knocked ambushed. out, and all right, then all right. stripped Touché. of his possessions. But how cool was the being wrapped in a spider in a with oh, made was, of rebar? That thing like, was, yeah. Uh, I love that. Reminded me a little bit, actually, of a, a DC Comics character. Which uh, one? Uh, probably one you haven't seen. Uh, one of the yellow, one of the Sinestro Corps. Uh, so the the yellow oh, lanterns from green. Okay. Yeah. So there's a, a character lantern. named Crib. Okay. In uh, I don't know Crib. Uh, no, uh, Crib is uh, a Sinestro Corps member, and she's creepy. Uh, <laughs> she's creepy. 
Oh, like she goes around and like stashes babies in a little like organic cage thing on her back. Oh, that is creepy. Yeah. Crib. I yeah. K R Y B crib. Oh. Yeah. Okay. That is kind of cool. And I I couldn't find anything about like if this was taken from an old Ralph McQuarrie design or anything like that because they like to do that in the show. They do. They like to like reuse some concept art and play around yeah. with it again. But I feel like they they kind of elaborated on those old like um grievous guards the yeah the magna guards yeah magna guards thank you yeah I, I feel like this was a play on that just with it was kind of grievous and a magna guard combined into one i i see and this is my next point i really think that the the eyeball was taking him for body parts. Yeah, no, I like he was it's, trying it's to. It's a cyborg of some sort. It's yes, very like clearly got. Keep... It's very clearly got organic parts, and I'm guessing it was draining him of blood. I think it was yeah. like a, a techno vampire thing. Yeah, yeah or like he was like a he like a Men to... in Black alien. Yeah, yeah, yeah kind of, kind of. I feel like he was the the bi- bionicle was trying to. <laughs> like rebuild himself you yeah know what i mean like trying to maybe take certain pieces of of bodies and use them to create another like real bionicle you know i'm a real boy <laughs> so no i think he claire i think he put the needle like in his arm or something i thought it was his back might have been his back could have been I, his but back. I have no idea. I, it looked like blood to me, and I feel like he was draining <laughs> him of that. Yeah, I like that his uh, phlebotomy machine had a face. Yeah, like no, that was that was great. Two the big little, googly like, eyes on it. The blood pump. Pump. Yeah. yeah. Which <laughs> honestly, like gonna, it, yeah. it 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 made me think neck. a little bit okay. of B two emo from uh, Andor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> like big like old, if B two like if B two were a uh, like home health equipment, you know. <laughs> Yeah, right. Home health device kind of droid. <laughs> well, Claire says it was in his neck. I mean, it it could have been cerebral. It could have been any sort of fluid. I mean, in his neck, you could put it in a big ass vein. You got big. I don't veins think it could be neck. urine. <laughs> it, you're right. It couldn't. It might not be urine. He has a whole like. It, uh, my thing about that I thought was interesting about that was that he didn't like this giant armored thing. Did not try to disassemble the other armored thing yeah. being Mando. Yeah. He was just like, oh, that must be how he is. I'll just put this in his And neck. maybe he could get the needle in anything else other than his neck because he's I not, don't think this armor. is the first Mandalorian that this thing is attacked. I think it's right. been no, on the planet for a long time and it knows exactly what Din is. Right. And how to fight so him. It, and it's sense. just an eyeball, right? Like it's an eyeball in a in a <laughs> And a brain stem, yeah. basically. It, it lives in a bag of fluid. So maybe yeah. Claire is right. Maybe it needed to live in cerebral fluid. Eesh, gross. Or maybe it needed like pure adrenochrome Ooh. from from Ooh. Din. Interesting. interesting. Um, I do love the scene when he is captured and the robot's like kind of taking his break. He's like, you know, I'm I'm hungry. I'm gonna go eat some some dinner or something. I love how Grogu like tries to save him. Grogu's like got some good action in this. He does some some cool things. He's a brave little boy. And he essentially saves the day um in a pretty brave way. Like he he's running as well, not running, but he's floating as fast as he can and that little dragon creature's chasing him. He does the force push on the uh time machine Alamite, Alamite yeah. Um now that you guys have said time machine, I I, I can't get it. Warlocks, in my head. man. 
Oh, God. Warlocks. But he gets to the ship and he, you know, gets R5 to take him to, what is it, Concordia? No, Concordia is where Mando's from, the other, the other planet where Bo-Katan is. Um, but I want to know when he force Calo pushes... Navarre, something. Calavara, yeah, that sounds about right. Um, But when he force pushes that thing, does he kill him? Uh, Because you'd think he'd be able to get up after just being pushed, right? uh, Sorry, which thing? The The, the Alamite. When when Grogu's coming out of the cave and he force pushes that Alamite. Josh Josh is convinced that this is Josh is convinced that this is Grogu's first kill. First murder. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you, I mean, unless no, you Grogu, count the, the frogs, but like, yeah, that's why Grogu <laughs> jumps uh, that, that way. Was he bitter. absorbed all that frog energy from the frogs that he ate, so now he can jump higher. <laughs> that's how Grogu works. He's a very small Mega Man style alien. Um, but it depends on how the Morlocks are set up on the inside, correct? <laughs> I um, guess if I they guess. are fragile on the inside and tough on the outside, then as soon as he impacted, maybe some stuff on the mm. inside was all splashy. Okay. You should have asked Justin because he's a stripper and he would know about <laughs> internal organ danger. Well, hopefully he comes back and hopefully he comes yeah. back and we'll save that question for him for later. Yep. Um, but really cool scene with Grogu and just I w- I was kind of giggling the whole time with him going through that and then flipping into the ship. And pointing at the thing and going, take me here now, you stupid droid. Like, I, I just, I thought I just, he, I he showed a little bit paid, of uh, personality, I guess. I love that he paid enough attention yes, to, know which to be is able which. to be like, R5, we need to go here. That was the map he, to he, take me to the place. He spotted yeah. <laughs> it, he pointed it out on the map, and, and the droid's like, oh, shit, okay, here we go. That's the one. Yep. I really like that Mando didn't be like, okay, go get the Darksaber. Yeah. Okay, try and cut me out. Right, okay. Kid, kid. Now, now come over here. Yeah, like I'm glad he didn't like try to walk him through anything dangerous. He was he like just lost fly through leg. space. <laughs> yeah. No, I get it. I th- I just I think it was the right choice. Oh, it, it was absolutely like, was. In my head, I was going. Here's another piece of video game narrative because Mando has no idea how long he has to live. He doesn't know if that thing is going to come back and just cut his head off for use for a thing when he's like, hey, go. Get in the ship, fly to the other place, find Bo-Katan, bring her back here, everything will be fine. Like, Which is not what he said, right? He just said, go find Bo-Katan. Yeah. I mean, I guess he could have just been saying, go stay there, right? To be yeah. safe. But, like, he had to know what Grogu would try to do, right? Well, like, I mean, you you would think. I'm sure, I'm sure Mando was thinking, like, go get yourself safe, stay with Bo-Katan. Like, I'm probably not going to make it. But Grogu was like, I'm... Actually, just gonna save you now. Let's let's do get help. <laughs> yeah, Grogu was like, "This is the way." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So so yeah. Now Bo-Katan comes in, and this is kind of where the episode really starts to pop off. I feel like you really get some good bow action as well, like her knowing about the. It's gone. The name's gone. The cave people. Her knowing where they're, they're the hiding. Alamites. Yeah, knowing well, where they're hiding, looking up and going, "Oh, there he is!" Bram, like, right, and then taking him out like super easily. You know, this is so. Here's here's my video game narrative. We'll we'll go as far as I can without you know getting to the end of the episode. But basically, this is this is how how I looked at it: is series hero gets captured by dungeon boss, episode hero goes to dungeon to rescue series hero, episode hero defeats the grunts, the mini-boss, and the episode boss. Then season hero gets put in peril, 
again. And the episode hero has to save him from what looks to be the season boss. Which I have a question about that as well. But oh yeah, I, I think there was a lot of like, this could have been a video game. This could have just been like the opening scene to a a Grogu or a Bo-Katan video game. You know, you start playing right. as Mando. He gets captured. You have to go get Bo-Katan who has like, you know, a couple weapons or whatever. And then she fights through the lair and like, I, I right. definitely see the similarities as well. Um, yeah. Which That's is definitely funny. my biggest problem with the episode is and, the video game narrative. And it's funny but because Pedro Pascal's in another show called The Last of Us, which is based which on is a video actually, game. <laughs> and yeah. both episodes this week of both of those shows, Pedro's kid had to save him. Which well, is I mean, kind of funny. Pedro's kid in the other show has to save everybody. But yes, yes, yes. But like, you know, she has to. Who says to Grogu like, won't save the universe? Yeah, right? dude. I mean, that's fair. Or that the planet fair. of Mandalore. Galaxy, oh, no. <laughs> galaxy. I yeah. right, and I, I, um, I don't mean to indicate that I feel like the episode is bad or that it is without merit or anything. I just like there's a reason that, um, The Last of Us is the standout, right? It's because that game was already built around narrative and exactly story arcs, etc. And so that's pretty easy to translate into a cinematic narrative and story arc, etc. My complaint here is that they're not adapting anything. This is an original show that feels like they're adapting a video game. And I'm, I'm at the end of it, I'm like, okay, if I watch it in that mindset, it's, it, it jars me less, right? Mm. But should I have to do that with a TV show? We could probably get into that. Yeah. <laughs> and at the, I mean, it was a good way to push the story quickly. I feel like, I and guess. they that was something that they kind of had to do. You know, there was an interview with Favreau, uh, I don't know, this week or last week or something, where he was talking about why Mando and Grogu were in Book of Boba Fett. And the reason he did that was so he could push that story further without having to waste time on it in Mandalorian Season 3. So it seems like, with that being said from Favreau, it kind of seems like there's a lot of story that they're putting into this season and that there's going to be a huge payoff in probably the finale and the next season. Um, that this will be like a, a big buildup into the bigger story that they're really trying to get into, which would include the Ahsoka series and whatever else they're going to do. Um, so I... I understand the video game thing trust me it's in my notes <laughs> but i <laughs> also true. i'm reading them right now at the, at the same time i i think they did it for a reason and kind of did it to get this thing going really quickly um, yeah. which i kind of appreciate because mandalorian and star wars shows in general are kind of not notorious for having really slow filler episodes in very short seasons <sighs> I see. Like, I would argue that uh, the first two seasons of Mandalorian were really well paced all the way through. Even and with so the frog far, lady in that first, so that far, second season, yeah. that was such a. I mm. liked that. Like you oh. had, and and that's the problem is that if you're gonna have a serial show, you gotta you gotta tell it as a serialized like one piece, right? Mm -hmm. And the episodic elements are gonna make it feel like some of them are filler, even when they're not. I'm a big proponent of. I understand that writers need to make choices and I am all for them making choices. 
I'm also <laughs> perfectly happy to disagree or agree with those choices, right? It, like it can't. I'm not going to sit all here plot all the time. Well, and it, not only that, but I'm not going to sit here and be like, the writers didn't think to do thing X, or they didn't care about the plot, or they didn't care about this. I'm just saying they chose to tell this in a structure that feels like a video game, and I find that to be perplexing considering that it's a television show with 10 episodes to, to rely on and not a long-form video game that I can play for 30 hours. Right. And I'm, I'm not saying they made that decision mindlessly. I promise. I'm saying I disagree with that decision. <laughs> yeah, and that, you know, that makes sense. I, I can totally understand that. Um, I'm just hoping that, again, it's, it's not going to be like that the rest of the season. Because I would probably start complaining if I get two more episodes where it's like video game status, you know? Right. You would go, why didn't you start at episode three? Like, yeah. if, you, if, that was, if you wanted to cover this much ground in that much time, why didn't you do a episode scroll at the start and then a flashback or something and then start an episode three? Right. But I will say... I do love the pacing of this show historically, so I'm willing to give this season a good solid chance to, you know, uh, over the course of the season have great pacing. Yeah, um, as as I mentioned, I, I, they know what they're doing. As right? as I mentioned last week, uh, last week's episode, uh, the the series premiere or the season premiere rather, was the one episode I felt they had some pacing issues with. So I could agree with that. And they I will say I did love their use of the Mando theme, which I, I didn't think oh, I would yeah. recognize so quickly. I mean, it's only been a couple of years since Mando had a theme. <laughs> but man, when he came in with that N1 blasting up that monster and that theme played, I was like, oh, I'm here for this. Like, <laughs> I, I forgot how much I love this particular space cowboy. Let's do this. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that you're enjoying this even with you know, the flaws that Star Wars always has, you know? Everything has it's flaws. A, it's a thing. Um, but I think I think we're about close to the very last scene of this episode. Was there anything else you guys wanted to cover before we got there? Because this um, is going to be a, a just big one. Just one thing. I, I love Bo-Katan's cynicism. Oh, yeah. Uh... <laughs> The, the grand tour <laughs> that just yeah. consists of her walking over to the wall and reading the fucking plaque. <laughs> Here's where everything went down, which you could already tell. All right, we're done. Yeah, and she did. She she had really good dialogue through that whole walkthrough, though, and kind of explaining. You know, I feel like I feel like Mando understood her a little more after everything that they talked about. I also have a secondary complaint. I'm sorry. I'm not usually this person. Where <laughs> I feel like they covered a lot of stuff twice in this episode. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like Mando said it to Grogu, and then uh, uh, Kreese also said it to Grogu. I yeah. Was like, yeah, we heard this. Like, why are you explaining this to him again? Now, like, in story, I get, like, she probably wouldn't know that Grogu knows this, you know. But, like, she could have gone, so, hey, Grogu, about 50 years ago, and he could have been like, yeah. But is that why Grogu, at like, the end of that story, looked at her funny, and she was like, what are you looking at? Well, okay, I, so... I don't know. I think maybe he just had questions about her choice of soup. <laughs> well, and <laughs> I think Grogu sensed a, a change in her heart at that moment, and was... That's why she... And we'll get to that, because I believe that's one of my picks, but... Okay. 
Grogu looked at her because he sensed that something has changed in Bo-Katan. Yeah. Oh, uh, and I, okay. I will say I love Katie Sackhoff's ability to deliver sci-fi dialogue. Yes. Um, and I will say just... I love her voice. Like, I could listen to her narrate anything. If if there are audiobooks with her narrating, I feel like I may download those soon. Like, yeah. she's... I You know, I'm sure you know this, Josh. Anytime you have ever edited a podcast once or twice in your life, from then on out, you're listening for voices where you're like, oh, I wouldn't hate editing that voice. Right. <laughs> That's, you know, chiefly our own amongst those, I'm I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but it is there. there is something where I was like, wow, to, to Phil's point, like, she just said a bunch of made up words and I am wrapped to the screen. Like, <laughs> this is great. <laughs> yeah, she really was really good in this episode. Um, she she was played great. the character in animation? Yes, she voiced the character. That's cool. Yeah. Yep. Um, and it's great because they made her character look a lot like her in real life as well. So, yeah. Oh, very um, cool. That also happened to Dr. Aaron McDonald from the aforementioned interview, who is the astrophysicist and science advisor to all of Star Trek. Oh, nice. <laughs> That's badass. Nice. She was recently in Prodigy. If you're not watching Prodigy with your kids, get on it. Uh, I yes, more Janeway, please. I don't have kids. Yeah. Um, no, you don't have to have kids, Josh, but it is a great excuse. I yeah. did <laughs> finally start watching Lower Decks, and I am a fan. Oh, I think I'm Lower Decks might be your favorite Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, um, it's it's definitely <laughs> really good. I just I don't have a lot of time, so yeah, I've I've watched maybe two or three episodes, but I was like, oh yeah, I'm I'm on oh, board. Yeah. Like I need to sit and binge it, and I, that's why I kind of stopped because I was like, I want to just binge this whole series. Oh yes, um, I have a thirty day code. Hit me up after the show. <laughs> oh, I will do. Um, so anything else besides those things, but. Uh, to, to finish that, Bo-Katan was fantastic. Um, yeah, Katie Sackhoff no. does a wonderful job as that character. I and I look forward to seeing the rest of her story arc uh, throughout. Yes. Because I I honestly suspect that she's going to continue to be a major character throughout the rest of The Mandalorian, however many seasons it goes on. Yeah. And I like that they have given Mando a... like So in a classic Star Wars setup... Mando would be a Jedi, and Bo-Katan would be Han Solo, right? She's like, stop believing in all the weird stuff. Like, yes, there is an underground city full of magical monsters and crazy technology, but no, there's no magic. Like, <laughs> what? <They're laughs> the the non-believer. Like, right. Yeah. The person the who is there. The Right, the cynic who's there to make fun of the entire setup so that people watching it that didn't want to watch it are like, see, this person gets it. That's you, why you also get the kind of Star Wars works. You also get kind of an audience insert, a hundred percent factor with the character as yes. well. Despite the fact that she's also a Lord dumping knowledge box, right? Like she <laughs> has the attitude of like, because I already know all this stuff, I don't really care about it. So like, it's an easy narrative uh, device to get a lot out. My only complaint, like I said, specifically with that, is that I feel like she said a lot of the same stuff that Din said to Grogu, which is like, I get it. You're on a poison planet. Everything is made of time crystals. Go. I don't need you to say that again. Like, yeah, I don't know. There's also it's also a family show, right? Like, gotta have some Star Wars. Gotta have some. All of Star Wars is is family shows, right? Yeah, movies or yeah. I would I would uh, say that Andor probably wasn't as much it depends on what kind of family yeah um <laughs> yeah 
So Claire says she thinks that the IG storyline, Car- Carza storyline, and the others is them showcasing Kree's storyline is showcasing all the new Star Wars series coming out. Um, I could agree with that. The pirate, um, the pirate leader that we saw, Gorian Shard. Yeah, Gorian Shard has actually been confirmed to be the main villain of the show Skeleton Crew that's coming out. Oh, really? So um, that's okay. kind of big. I don't think we'll see him much more after this. Uh, I hope we see him at least one more time. At least, well, yeah, at least a little bit more. But I think if he's going to be that main villain, we'll probably see a lot more of him in yeah. Skeleton Crew. Obviously, yeah, no, that's very Davy be... Jones. Very like, Davy Jones. Yeah, like almost maybe he a was, little too much. He was a little bit Jones, too much Davy Jones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll find um, out because that hits later this year. Yeah, yeah, it does. So, final thing of this episode before we get into segments. Um, I mean, let I was gonna have Justin do this, but uh, because he's been so adamant about the Mythosaur, and he wants mm-hmm. to see the Mythosaur, and he's so excited to see the Mythosaur, and we did get to see a Mythosaur in this episode. I was gonna have Justin kind of talk about the season boss, um, but I feel like we can do that just as easily. So let's just uh, let's ask Jesse. What did you think when you saw the giant? dinosaur underwater again there's always a bigger fish i was like this is going to be like of course there will be a mythosaur right like they've they spent part of this episode talking about how that's where they got the cool emblem that everybody wears and he's he's going on a lore dive literally (laughs) what step man (laughs) I mean, he cannot swim. Like, let's just be let's be honest about that. Has his armor on, and he jetpack. Well, so right, like he didn't try at all, is what I'm saying. Um, I'm I'm totally messing. But he he he. It's like, do you have you never bathed in the in the living waters of Mandalore before, dude? Like, you don't take the fifth step. Nobody takes the fifth step. Um, but I I was like, okay, this is a little deep of a of a pit to have at the end of a stairs but it makes sense because the last time we saw mandalorians conducting a ceremony in the episode prior they did it at the edge of a lake where a demon crocodile lives (laughs) so it's like oh okay so just like being at the edge of a lake full of a demon fish is how these people like that's their culture they like to live their lives that way (laughs) right water of uncertain depth giant (laughs) monster in it requisite bathing it's a fantastic (laughs) bookend Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> great Side place for a temple. I just let's let's put some sort of conclave here. Um, so I, but yes, I this I think this is the first actual literal lore dive I've ever seen a character go on where they jump into the waters of the past and sink down to like the title of the episode, right? Like that's that's pretty impressive. Um, really like the design of the mythosaur, like. Every time you see the skull of an animal, right? You're like, oh, that's a cool animal. And then it turns out it was like a super dumb looking animal that you wouldn't be afraid of. Um, But in this case, it was like, oh, no, that's a cool looking animal. I'm excited to see it, you know, unfurl its whole length and and do some big animal stuff. Um, I got to figure, I got to ask what he's going to be doing with that, though. Like, is there something else, some other megafauna that we're worried about on this planet? Uh, is he going to use it to wrangle some of those squid whales uh, from the Cthulhu tunnel? Or, like, I just, there's a lot of ways they could go with an animal that big. Will but Ezra I, I did get enjoy to the ride design. a pergill? <laughs> <laughs> I 
I think Who? they're gonna. That's gonna be their their main goal of reclaiming Mandalore, because mm-hmm. they're gonna want now that Bo and Mando have been there. Obviously, Mando's gonna go back to the Armorer and be like, "Hey, we can, we can go rebuild Mandalore like any time. <laughs> we just gotta fight this." Like, hey, <clears> hey, just I, I have proof. I have proof. <laughs> Uh, my my proof is Bo-Katan. Fuck, you're not gonna want to listen to her. <laughs> yeah, you're not gonna want to hear this. But but I think a lot of it will be, you know, they're gonna have to battle the Mythosaur basically to reclaim Mandalore because, I mean, that thing is living down there. But I guarantee it will come up to the surface to wreak havoc on anyone that tries to reclaim their their you know city or whatever. I really hope Ooh. that the Mythosaur is voiced by. Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> and, no. Because I think that would be the way to go. No. Like, have have it come up and be like, you know, I've been sleeping. It's It's got to be, it's got to be just because, oh. you know, you know who has a history of working in Star Wars animation, doing voiceover work for Star Wars, and a, like, lifetime career of making animal sounds? Uh, uh, P- uh, Peter, wait, D. Bradley Baker. Yeah. Oh, D. Bradley Baker. There you go. He is all the clones. <laughs> he is all the clones. He is. He was all... the big. He was the the Bondu, right? He is like all of the creatures. Uh, yeah. he's uh, Hell he's dude. he's Klaus the fish in American Dad. I mean, he's <laughs> <laughs> he's um. He's also yes, Murph, Ricky. the the slug on Star Trek Prodigy. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's he's also you know all of the animals in uh, the uh, the Last Airbender series. I mean, dude is dude is everywhere. Uh, he does also, voices James for Cameron movie. <laughs> no, wrong movie um, people. So and this is gonna we're gonna go back to last week's episode where we talked about this and how funny it would be if when a mythosaur actually comes back. You know, who's going to ride that thing and who's going to tame it? And how cool would it be if Grogu was the one to do it? Well, my friends, I'm here to tell you I am absolutely on board with that. And I think that's what's going to happen now. Um, I am fully believing that Grogu will be the one to tame the Mythosaur. That there, it will just be like destroying everything, and Grogu's just gonna walk up to it like it did the freaking Rancor, just like the Rancor in Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, be like, "You're done," and then just like climb (laughs) aboard. Stop it! Yeah, (laughs) stop it! (laughs) Yeah, gonna climb aboard. Have newspapers that he can roll up and (laughs) pop the Mythosaur on the nose. (laughs) Uh, Dark paper. (laughs) it gets heavier every time you swing it but you know whoever carries it (laughs) but i don't really rubbing that rubbing that mythosaur's face in the ruins like no no bad Bad dinosaur (laughs) bad is it a dinosaur is it a dragon yes nobody knows (laughs) yes but yes i that's where i'm at now i really think grogu is going to be the one to do it um Mm -hmm. Now, I think Grogu's r- going to die in the fifth episode this season. That's awesome. <laughs> That's so funny. I, st- I, think, I think he'll get, like, blasted. He'll get shot, and they'll, they'll be like, oh, my God, but he's got oh, the yeah. armor, so he'll be okay. Right. Like, you know, um, I, the, the, the final question that I have now, um, it's, this is actually New Rockstars brought this up. I watch them sometimes when it comes to Mandalorian and stuff. Um, but they brought up a question 
that I thought was really interesting about the armorer and if she is the actual villain here. Because it seems like in episode one, when she's dumping water into the whatever vat to make her helmet, I'm, I'm almost positive that was water from the mines. And does she know that there's a mythosaur there? Does she know that Mando um, is going to basically go there just to die? Like, Was is she, she trying to feed the mythosaur by sending Din there? Right. Is she like feeding the beasts, Mandalorians, because that's what they have to do now or something? Like, I mean, th- and that's a really good question, I think. What what would you think on that, Phil? Would you think the armor could be the the final boss? I would say that we have not seen enough of any kind of motive from her to to put her in any kind of position one way or another. But, I mean, that may in and of itself be deliberate that we have not yet seen, you know, any kind of real loyalty beyond to anything other than the creed. Which I think they're setting up a unite the fractured clans sort of thing. And is he going to have to take out the armorer to reunite things? No, I think, I think she'll be part of it. Like she, she, her being the leader of the, the coverts, uh that you know din is part of right you know? and they had you know she she noticed that it was him that helped save her people and stuff yeah. from the in the first episode yeah and it's not like she's she very said, much no we gotta go feed everyone yeah. to this turtle dinosaur thing now because <laughs> you interrupted yeah. and she's you know freely being like here are the rules like you, you did the thing sorry you're out I, you're great but like sorry you're out and he's like well what about this like orthodox rule and she's like okay sure that applies go for it like <laughs> she it, it's it's not it she doesn't to me she doesn't feel like a and villain. then i'll take the dark saber for myself and, <laughs> you know i mean if she does then, then that's just a thing that mandalorians do and they're all easily corruptible but Which... i really feel like they're shooting for a unite the clans get all the mandalorians on one side for something right and then I don't know what after that because they're gonna either like what do you do if you get if you if you set something up big in this universe do you do a crossover with another tv show do you pitch a movie at the end of it like i don't know this is sort of uncharted territory i will say like you said earlier there's always a bigger fish and once the mandalorians are all united thrawn is going to show up and that's going to be the bigger fish and he's going to be riding on two mythosaurs, so I think like, we yeah, could, is bad. I so, think yeah. we could still end up seeing Moff Gideon again this season. Oh yeah, Mo- Moff Gideon's absolutely. Well, they name dropped him. Thrawn. They name dropped him oh, in yeah. the last episode. Oh yeah, but alive, I mean, they got to so. explain what happened to him. Right. Yeah. I also I really liked that Mando was like, "What about that actress that fumbled the bag?" <laughs> and Grief Cargo was like, "Oh, she fumbled the bag." And they were like, "Oh, okay. What about that other character who <laughs> just went right past it?" I was like. <laughs> That was great. No, no, that was really good. <laughs> yeah, they did just kind of gloss over that, didn't they? That's okay though. Um, we're gonna gloss over that as well and just go right into segment segments. Time. Yes, and we're gonna start this segment with. He's no good to me, dead. He will not be permanently damaged. We're gonna start with Boba's bounty, which is the part of the episode where we choose our favorite new thing. To come into Star Wars live action. That could be a ship, it could be a planet, it could be anything. So let's start with Phil. What's your Boba's bounty for this week? Okay. 
Uh, so I have already mentioned this guy. Uh, we're looking at the little kind of cyborg thing on Mandalore. And uh, I I found... Oh, love it. Great shot. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the organic eyeball in there organic. twitching around is just yeah. creepy as fuck. And I love it. Um, uh, Kyle Katarn on Twitter uh, was the first person I saw refer to it as Bionicle. And <laughs> as somebody who, you know, avidly collected the Lego Bionicle figures for a long time, I was struck by how terrifyingly accurate that was. Uh, this is the, the uh, droid cyborg thing that lives underneath Mandalore that captured Mando. Um, it's sneaky, it's strong, it is vampiric, ostensibly. Uh, I just thought of a name for it, the Mandovore. Oh, god damn it. Why are you so good at that that earlier? Sorry. (laughs) You know, we got to stop just letting Jesse, you know, just hit the first thing that comes out every time. Oh, man. (laughs) Give him like another hour to like come back and come up with some other options. I swear I made notes this week. I don't know. I tell you, if if anyone needs any sort of name for anything, just like send Jesse a DM. And the first thing that comes to his mind is going to be the best thing every single time <laughs> I, I appreciate that but uh, like everything uh, wow. uh about open pike night every name that you see us put on a thing has been workshopped literally to death <laughs> like to the point where by the time i slap a name on it i'm like i hate this i don't want to <laughs> i, get I, it out I of can't my face hear this now. anymore which it's is no exactly which is i think what makes our stuff good like our merchandise that you can buy at openpike.com you son <laughs> no, but like I'm, I'm legitimately very excited for the inevitable like Lego figure of this thing because it's oh, gonna be dope. Yeah, heck yeah, Jesse. What's your Boba's bounty for this week? Did you have one? So I actually, I'm gonna like sort of, in thematic fashion, cheat. Uh, like yeah, I'm gonna climb out of Phil's back into the larger version of that creature. And say that my favorite new thing was the Mecha Shilob. I really yeah. liked the power loader spider that was just like living underground in the creepiest way. Like, I appreciate a good giant spider. I deeply appreciate when that giant spider has no moisture that I can see anywhere <laughs> near its face. That was my main issue with Shilob in the Lord of the Rings movies was that it was convincingly wet looking. Ugh, yeah, gross. And I was like, moist. Nah, can't deal with that. Um, but this was a spider that I felt I could fight. Right? Like, <laughs> this is a fighter. This is a this is a fighter spider. This is a spider that spider fighter. has pieces of it that you can knock off that will blink red when the boss is about to die right like this is a boss creature to your point josh or a a mid-level boss right Right. or maybe the end of a an early level and part of why i like that is that mando remains a relatable character despite being a complete badass, right? Because he's not a jedi he's not a space wizard he's not supernatural he can't just do whatever he wants right like he has limitations one of them being enormous metal spiders <laughs> driven by spinal robots uh and, and I, now... that's actually one of my biggest weaknesses too so i think that makes him <laughs> relatable and, and now i'm just 
I, it made me think now hearing you talk about it like that made me think of uh, Metroid Prime Echoes with uh, Quadraxis, this like giant, like four legged bot that you have to climb around on. Mm-hmm. Um, Ricky D is in the same in, on the same page of the same book. Yep. Well, Ricky watched me play a lot of Metroid when we were in college. Does <laughs> oh, nice. uh, I mean, great picks. It's the same pick, but they're great picks. And I love it. I mean, it's different, but yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. It's it's one form and, and then another form, and it's right. Totally. Yeah, to different be fair, there I weren't that like. many new things in this episode. No. Like you can't pick. <laughs> I mean, you could you could pick the Mythosaur, right? But like everybody's gonna pick the Mythosaur, so you're like, well, what am I gonna pick? And let's be honest, I didn't pick anything for this. I forgot to fill this part of the sheet out, so I branched off of Phil, and yep. you couldn't even tell. Those no, of you was, listening and watching. That's why I asked if you even had one, because you know it happens sometimes. I'm not great at reading. I'm sorry. Um, it's okay, Jesse. We forgive you. You're here, and that's all that matters. My Boba's Bounty this week was the planet of Mandalore. Um, I liked, Like I was talking about earlier, I liked every wide shot of the planet, whether it be in space <sighs> or on the ground. Um, I, I really liked, or I guess I should say not space, the atmosphere. It's it the um, atmosphere on the ground. It is some spectacular <clears throat> art. Just the... Yeah the background detail going through there it's yeah. it's gorgeous agreed like this is an absolutely devastated planet that is in recovery kind of maybe kind of um but it even in its desolation it looks beautiful yeah and it's it was really cool just to finally see mandalore on live in live action because that was the other thing. I mean, we've seen it off and on since Clone Wars. Since what, like season yeah. three of Clone Wars, something like yep. that. Yep. But and I mean, it's always been fabled. You know, it's always been talked about this planet of Mandalore. Even like in the books and stuff, they always talked about the planet of Mandalore. So, really, really cool to see it in live action finally. Um, for the recording of this episode, I mean, this is obviously going to be taken out, but the recording of this episode should have Justin talking about his Boba's bounty. Um, so for now, I'm just going to take it over and give us the uh, he, he picked. Yeah, he picked the the Morlocks or the Alamites, um, and I had to brighten this shot up, like yeah, like really a lot, <laughs> because this episode was dark. Yeah, there were a couple shots that I had to brighten up a little bit, but I do really like these creatures as well. Um, Justin had a really good pick with these because it's it is probably aside from. Mandalore, this is probably the newest thing, and, and aside from the, the robot, like the newest thing that we got added to Star Wars. So Also, um, uh, I will just say, with regard to the Alamites, when I first saw them in that lighting, I thought, shit, are we getting some weird like subspecies of Tals? Ooh. Um we obviously they're they're not they're their own whole thing right but you're thinking like i saw i saw something out there with like four eyes and Mm. they you know it's like 17 abs yes (laughs) so yeah good picks guys um i i love this this part because we get to talk about things that are new in star wars um but our next segment um of course is going to be It's the Sarlacc Killer Scene, where we talk about our favorite still shot of each 
episode. So let's flip the script and take Jesse's favorite shot, which is at the 11 minute and 5 second mark. Jesse, tell us about this shot. So this is Din Djarin's first steps onto the planet of Mandalore. He has sent his astromech droid a hunting for data, and it did not come back. So he's like, well, I guess you got to do it yourself. So he, again, pressurizes his helmet, which was an option the whole time, and decides to go after it. Now, my complaints all aside, look at this, the beautiful crags. It's like he's walking directly into an open wound left on this planet by the Empire. Even if you've never been here before as a casual Star Wars fan, you totally get what is going on with this planet. It is shot up. It is not a good time. There's a whole like layer of storms before you get to the sunny part. So it's highly forbidden. It's very Star Trek of a planet because they can go there and be there and everything's fine, but they have no communications. I love that. Really digging the uh, jutting crystalline dagger structure of everything on the yeah. planet Mandalore. That's, isn't that from a crater? I feel like if when you zoom out yeah. on that, it's a crater that, like, when that bomb dropped, it just crystallized to the crater immediately. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so cool. I love that shot for sure. That was actually my first shot. Um, but, you know, the guest always gets first pick. So, um, again, great, great pick. Let's go to Phil's shot, which comes in at the 14 minute and 40 second mark. Tell us about this shot. Uh, I absolutely loved everything about Din's descent into the Mandalorian city. Like, he he points out the Civic Center, says to Grogu, hey, that's where, you know, that's where Bo-Katan said that we'd find the entrance to the mines. Let's go. And and just the use of the jetpack um, to assist the fall. It was like, I don't know why we've never, you know, considered seeing it in that, like, controlled descent use before. Like, we we generally think of it as being a way to get up to higher places, not as a, you know, way to drop down into a giant cavern. And okay. it's just beautiful. The lighting of the whole descent through the whole slow fall all the way down from the surface is just beautiful. Yeah, um, that screen sorry, cap that... looks like an anime. It really does. <laughs> and, and did you brighten this one too, Josh? I so I I just brightened it. Like I have two different versions of okay. this. No, that's um, that's and and I brightened it right as you started talking about it because I was like, God, that one's dark too. <laughs> no, like it, it's mostly visible around the lighting on Grogu's pod. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Which I love the light on his pod. I don't think I've ever noticed that before. Mm-hmm. Before this episode, I, I don't. I don't think they've ever showcased that before. <laughs> so I'm. I love that. That he's got mood uh, lighting. Yeah. Yeah. Like, does it turn red when he's angry or like? I hope it does. That'd be so cool. When he starts using the force, it it like starts. I don't know. Flickering. Flashing. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, just. Any any one of the frames from Din's drop down into the city is just beautiful, and yeah. and we get it we get it again then kind of when Bo-Katan comes in. Yeah, for sure. And she, I, I feel like we get some different angles when she comes in too, don't we? Yeah, we get slightly different angles. Yeah, but um, 
So that being said, I actually am just going to take over Justin's Starlight Killer scene because um, Steal I it. might have forgotten to go pick one earlier. <laughs> things things are things are busy around here. So Justin actually had two, and they come in at the thirty-nine minute <laughs> surprise. It's the very last shot of the episode, but. 39 minute and 10 second mark and the 39 minute and 15 second mark. Basically, it is the two main shots of the Mythosaur. And, oh boy, seeing that at first was... I I almost jumped off the couch. Yeah, my (laughs) jaw dropped. And if Justin was here, he would tell you that he called me at 7 in the morning... On Wednesday, Josh, Josh screaming, Josh, Josh, Josh. yes, <laughs> screaming, screaming. I was right. I was right. I was right. I was right. Oh my God, Mythosaur! Holy shit! I was right. That's like basically how that conversation went with Justin. So, um, I don't know why there are so many little clickers in that screenshot there, but anyway, <laughs> it is a wonderful cursored. Uh, yeah, it's a wonderful like teaser of what we're about to see. And this creature is massive. Um, if you go to our Instagram at quest me podcast, you can actually see some shots that have been brightened up where you can see kind of the, just the, the massive creature that this the thing sheer is. scale of this it thing. Is, it is <laughs> huge. It's unlike pretty much anything we've seen in star Wars so far. Yeah. The only thing that might rival it would be the Purgles. Yeah. Well, it's like a it's like an organically sized uh, walker yeah. machine yeah. scale. Yeah, right? essentially. Like huge. Yeah. So I think a it's living than thing a on that too. scale is. Yeah. So it'll be really, really cool to see where they take that, um, especially because Din might not have seen it on the way up. I yeah. think he might have been a little unconscious <laughs> as he was coming up from. The depths of the minds of Moria, well, Mandaloria, minds of, of Mandaloria. There it is. I think you're either unconscious or not. Well, he was in and out. You know, we could I mean? ask Justin. We could, we could. Right, because he's a stripper. He would. Know. <laughs> <laughs> he would know all about being conscious or not. Mm-hmm. He's drinking um, those Borgs. Oh my god. So let's move on to our final segment. Yes. Of this week, which is. It's the one chimers. We carried this segment over from Andor because it's really good and I like it. Um, so we're going to start with Jesse here, right? Yeah, let's start with Jesse. Here we go. He was a great man. He died defending Mandalore. This is the way. So the change there. Because right after that, as you were saying, uh, she looks to Grogu and goes, what are you looking at? I think Grogu is sensing a little bit of a change in Kreese's heart, which is, okay, like, maybe the cult isn't that bad? Because this guy seems to at least respect my dad. And, like, my dad is a respectable dude, (laughs) so that's good. Um, Maybe this guy is not an idiot. Maybe... His like whole, you know, bring Mandalore back and unite everybody is not a terrible idea. Like, and if anybody would have a responsibility to do that, it would be the princess 
of Mandalore, right? So And former wielder of the Darksaber. Right. So I feel like she is starting to open her heart a little bit to what may be her new path forward and her new way, so to speak. And Grogu is seeing that. He he's sensing that change. He's like, Oh, like you're I can feel like I can totally feel vibes, man, and your vibe is new now. And I mean that's basically what Jedi are, right? So I just I really like that not only all of that, but also the cool fact that Din is cool enough to be like, Hey, yeah, I respect that. Like it's very cool of your dad to have done that. That's what he should have done. That's his job. Good job. I, I love he the was, way Din considers her dad a true Mandalore. Right. And I, I love the way his voice cracks there. Because he like, I, f- I feel like he can kind of feel the pain that Bo's going through telling that story, and he was kind of empathizing. Is that the right word? Empathizing with her, and yeah, now they're gonna kiss. So sweet. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that was a wonderful pick. Um, that whole scene there, where she tells that whole story about her father, was actually really, really good. Um, and so let's move on to Phil's one chimer, which he is. It looks scary, I know. But it was once green and beautiful, back when the songs were written. I just love that way of Dan being like, hey, um, this is home for you and for me. Whether we can live there or not, who knows? I've never been there before, neither of you, but this is where we belong. And I just kind of love that as a way of two, you know, two foundlings being like being the two foundlings, being the first ones to go back to Mandalore. And the idea that Din has grown up with music, you know, with songs of Mandalore and just the stories of his home world. I thought that was beautiful. And what a additionally beautiful metaphor for building a family, right? Like, yeah, you're going to go through this turbulence and this cloudy, very dangerous part. And then on the other side of that, everything will be pretty good. Yeah. Like it's, you it's know, dark and scary for a little yeah. bit, but. And, and yes, it will still take a ton of work, <laughs> like, but it will not be quite this bad all the time. And, you know, if you bring the right people with you, it, everything will be mostly fine. So it was. Is I mean the whole planet and you know the story in an, in surrounding it is hugely metaphorical, but yeah, I think you're making a great point, Phil. Well, thank you. I agree. Um, and I, uh, man, I'm excited to see where they go with this. Where they go with Mando and Grogu? Are those two going to be the ones to really be the new leaders of Mandalore? You know, I guess we'll see. I think I mean, Grogu will probably usurp the throne, right? And he'll kill Din in the last second to last episode. <laughs> he'll become the leader of Mandalore, and he will command the rest of them bow down before him. I <laughs> yeah, and then just, just by you know, squeaking at them, Grogu with the dark. <laughs> he'll in be their wielding minds. the dark saber. You know? He'll take their minds, and he will speak directly to their minds <laughs> because he's you know powerful. He's a wizard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that that sh- uh, one chimer though. We're gonna move on to my one chimer, which is a little bit longer because that's kind of how I live my life. So, I want you to get the full tour. These mines date back to the age of the first Mandalore. 
According to ancient folklore, the mines were once a mythosaur lair. Mandalore the Great is said to have tamed the mythical beast. It is from these legends that the Skull Signet was adopted and became the symbol of our planet. This is it. And once again, we get Bo-Katan being sarcastic and like, <laughs> here you go. Like giving you the whole tour. I'm going to read this plaque to you. Um, but I do really like the whole setup there of it once was a mythosaur layer. It, the mythosaur was, um, did I spell that wrong? We get there? the, we get the 30 second. <laughs> oh, okay. we get the 30 seconds of foreshadowing oh. there. Oh, okay. I was like, dang. Rick, oh, Ricky no, says Ricky's... one chimer in parentheses, and I'm like, did I spell that wrong? No, nah, he's just giving you shit, shit about picking seconds. long quotes every time. <laughs> Ricky, we do podcasts together. You know me, okay? Look, um, you know how it is. This don't matter. None of this matters. <laughs> but I wanted to have that whole... Okay, Carl. <laughs> just that whole thing as my one chimer of her reading that <laughs> plaque, because it's a really cool piece of lore, like we had talked about it earlier. Is. They gave a lot of good lore in this episode for people that didn't watch Clone Wars or didn't watch Rebels or didn't read books. You know what I mean? It's it's great to see them give that Star kind Wars of books. He means people who didn't read Star, Star Wars, Wars books. books. Yes, sorry. Yeah. That's that's what I consider books. But <laughs> um, yeah, it was just it was good to get more of the Mandalore in this. But and uh, and yeah, let's. Uh, I'm just going to play... Yes, Ricky, making fun of the length. I It's a phrase frequently associated with Ricky D. I am... <laughs> Here's Justin's one-chimer. Did you think your dad was the only Mandalorian? I'm assuming he picked that because it's Bo-Katan uh, once again being snarky and looking at Grogu going, <laughs> Really? He's not that good. I'm also that good. You know what I mean? I I love it. Just yeah. like yeah, kid, I know. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> and Claire seems to agree with Justin. Yes. Thank you, Justin. Um so let's go to the final part of the episode where we do the rating. I like to I like to assume that the smug Tuscan Raider drinking out of the melon is me, and the other Tuscan Raiders that are arguing is you two. I'm pointing in the wrong direction, but but that's the whole thing of that that new video. Anyway, let's start with Jesse. What is your rating for this week's episode? All right. So uh, initially, I gave this episode a seven, and then I thought about it some more, and I bumped that down to a six because look. I love video games. I have played video games. Um, I recently played Mass Effect, actually, for the first time, the whole trilogy, all the way through, at the behest of aforementioned Dr. Aaron McDonald. And I was just wrapped. I was like, this is so good. This works so well as a video game. There's definitely stuff in here lifted from Star Wars. There's stuff in here lifted from Star Trek. I'm talking like episode plots that directly became missions, and I was fine with it and it worked really, really well. It does not work in the other direction. If, if, if I, as a casual viewer, am feeling like I'm watching somebody play a video game while I'm watching your TV show, something is up. And 
I will repeat all the caveats I gave it before. I understand it's a show for family. There's going to be a wide audience, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's very fun. I I think they're being very economical with the storytelling. I don't feel they made the choice mindlessly. I'm sure they arrived at it for a whole bevy of reasons that I'm not privy to and may become privy to later. But right now, I don't like that decision, and it takes away from the episode for me. I had a lot of fun in this episode, but that combined with them repeating a lot of stuff um, was kind of like, I don't, I don't need that. And in an episode this economical, you specifically don't need that. With as much ground as they were able to cover, I know they can do it well. And there are some spots where they didn't, so I'm going to pull that back. And the reason I give it a six is because I still think it's better than your average episode of TV, right? Which I would put like at about a five. Um, I think this is better than your average episode of TV. I don't think it's better than your average episode of Mandalorian. Um, so for, for that reason, I, I'm going to give it a six out of 10. Yeah. Out of 10. Yep. yep. Yeah. All right. That's fair. What's, what's, what's your rating for this week? Um, like Jesse said, there is a lot of repetition. Uh, there's some Mando bits that are repeated to Grogu that we got last episode. Uh, some reiterations of the whole, you know, if you know how to navigate, you'll never be lost. Um, that's not bad per se, but it it does kind of pull things down a little bit. Um, that said, we got more Bo-Katan action. We got the big reveal of the living Mythosaur. Uh, I got to call it a seven and a half. That's uh, not bad. Um, and Justin, oh, here, yeah, let's, let's, Ricky says, Last of Us had a lot of moments where you're watching and think, I know exactly how this would work in the game, even if I never played the game. It's kind of fun, but it's also distracting. So basically uh, agreeing with Jesse there. Um, and that's why I actually kind of took my rating down. Uh, mine was originally a nine. I'm taking it down to an eight because of that. Um, Jesse, you convinced me. Damn. <laughs> but, Worst. But you make a lot of good points about this. Like, and What can I say? He's very persuasive. Yeah, and look, I'm... I'm a homer through and through, you know what I mean? Like, I'm always going to like Star Wars, and I'm going to like it more than the average person is going to like it, no matter mm-hmm. no matter what. That's why I would say an 8 instead of a 6, because for me, it's still Mandalorian is still my favorite Star Wars property in this current week. Um, <laughs> but, like, and, and actually over the last couple years, it's been my, my favorite property. So, I... Again, like I said, I had it at a nine before, but I do agree with Jesse that there was a, a few things in this that maybe it maybe maybe it wasn't so much a nine, and it and it kind of made me second guess myself. And if I'm second guessing myself, it's definitely not a nine. <laughs> so um, I'll give out Justin's rating. It was an eight point five, which I would assume he probably had the same complaints that we did, but he put the point five on there because of the mythosaur. For the mythosaur, yeah. Um, that would be which is fair. That's yeah, valid. Absolutely. Yeah. And so total, that would give this episode a 75% from Quest Me, and that is not bad. Um, it's a little lower than it was last week, but still 75 is it's pretty good. So. And, and last week, I think we were a little just hyped to be back. To be back, yep. Well, and I would, like as a person who watched both of these today, I would say the first one was better. Like, I, not markedly, or at a point where I'm like, and why did you make me watch this one? But, but like, of the two the first one I think was better than this one, which is yeah. not, you know, it's not like a 
giant golf or anything. We're just going to keep making you come back and watch the Star Wars. <laughs> Hell yeah. I mean, what are they getting, like, they've got, this is the last show they have in the pipeline, right? They're not yep. Make no, this is the end. This is, it, okay. That's like, good. the Star Wars franchise just caps off right at the end of this season. Pe- that's people it. Are, people are getting franchise fatigue with Star Wars now, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kathleen Kennedy has said that she's, you know, she's retiring. She's not casting anymore. She's not doing any more Star Wars stuff. That's that's it. It's all done. Making a ton of money sucks. <laughs> I'm sure she was like, you know what? I'm done with this. I don't want to make <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this week. Uh, we covered a lot. This is a longer episode than normal, but that's okay because there was a lot to cover in this one. So, And um, we had more friends in the chat. We did have more friends in the chat, and I, I want to give give big kudos to that big thanks to claire to ricky to roy um we had the other roy we had both roys in both here. roys um who else did we miss anybody else i i know uh, i got a message from erica was watching and then a couple other people were watching that i know you didn't say anything but that's okay thank you for being here um, we appreciate it and as always well now, as always, you can come join us live on Sundays at around 7.30 Mountain Standard Time at YouTube.com slash at QuestMe. Um, next week, we're going to have a new friend coming to the show. His name is Ro. Ro. Scuttlebutt Ro is his name, and he's from the Scarif podcast, which clearly that's going to be a Star Wars fan as well. And it's going to be a lot of fun talking to a new guest to QuestMe. So... Um, again, Jesse, thank you so much for taking your time out of your busy Star Trek schedule and coming and talking about Star Wars in our little tiny podcast corner. Um, why don't you give the listeners and viewers just another little rundown of where they can find Open Pike and all those things. Thank you so much, Josh. It has uh, really feels like you and I have come a long way since the first day of first grade. That is not an exaggeration, <laughs> folks. That's literally how Josh and I met. But as Josh mentioned, of course, I am one of the hosts of Open Pike Night, the Star Trek Strange New Worlds podcast where your personal logs are the prime directive. If you would like to be part of the show, go to openpike.com slash join us, record your voicemail, send it to us, we'll put it on the show. If you're listening to this as a podcast, just stay in the podcasting app that you're in right now and search for Open Pike Night. We'll pop right up. Highly recommend starting out with our Melissa Navia interview and going from there. And then going back into our episode reviews, because guess what? Season two of Strange New Worlds is probably coming up soon. Uh, there still hasn't been an announcement, but the entire episode, the entire second season is in the can. It's done. It's ready to go. They're just Paramount is trying to decide when can we drop this that will make you keep a subscription to our streaming service year round. And, you know, uh, it's my, not like Anson Mount's doing anything else right now or not. Not currently. Uh, <laughs> but yes, he has been doing a lot lately. Uh, that is one of the panels that we went to at Fan Expo. And man, that guy is dedicated to his craft. Let me tell you, he's um, yeah, but, he's spectacular. He really is. As Josh mentioned, if you would like to listen to Open Pike Night, just check it out here in this podcasting app or go to youtube.com slash at Open Pike. You can interact with the show on Twitter at Open Pike or you can follow it on Instagram for some pretty cool uh, visual content at Open Pike. Hell yeah. And Phil, why don't you tell the viewers where they can find you? Hey, uh, I'm here on Quest Me. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I am at FlipWriter. You can find my blog at swordsoftheancients.com, uh, where I do a bunch of book reviews, 
uh, and just kind of general chat about my life as a librarian, because that is what I do when I'm not here. All the links that we talked about in this episode are going to be in the show notes. Um, so Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, at Podcast. Any, any social media, just search at Podcast. Um, and once again, thank everyone for joining us in the live show today and hanging out with us. For those of you that are listening in podcast land, come visit us next Sunday. We're going to be talking about chapter 19 of The Mandalorian. This week for Quest Me, I have been your host. I'm Philip. I'm Jesse from Open Bike Night. Of course, we are going to talk to you next week. May the force be with you. Put your clothes on, Justin. <laughs>